Aloha, I'm Abe, and this is Abe's Ukulele Podcast, the podcast for players and teachers to get better at playing and teaching. Every episode, I sit down and talk story with some of the best names in the ukulele world, expanding our knowledge and just getting to know more about this wonderful little instrument. Today's episode is a special feature for the Ukulele Festival Hawaii 2021, happening on Oahu, July 18th. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I do this as often as I can, and it's always a good time. To learn more about me or hear more episodes, check out ukpodcast.com. That's ukepodcast.com. Well, let's get started with today's guest. Carly G is an award-winning singer-songwriter from Hawaii. In 2018, Carly produced and engineered her first full-length album titled Have Fun. The album received a 2019 Nahoku Hanohano Award, which is Hawaii's Grammy Award, for the R&B Album of the Year. Her latest album, Train of Thought, is nominated for this year's Nahoku Hanohano Award, and she is also nominated for Female Vocalist of the Year. Carly has quickly become known as a creative looping artist, where she uses effect pedals during live performances effectively creating a one-girl band. She covers a wide variety of artists and genres and has grown a dedicated following on YouTube. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk story with me. No, oh, no, no. Thank you for having me. So first off, I just wanted to know, how did you get your start playing ukulele? Uh, I got my start actually from when my uh, my auntie bought me this ukulele from Costco for like my birthday randomly one year. And I just decided to, um, I never actually touched it for a while. And then um, one day I just decided to start playing it. And then my parents signed me up for lessons. And then, you know, you just start learning the, you know, like the more like traditional way of playing like the um, standard songs back in the day. And then um, just kind of, it turned in from, you know, those lessons into like, learning stuff that more I was more interested in too which was like covers and like you know other stuff than those like traditional songs and stuff but that's basically how I started nice so when you mean uh traditional songs and like the usual stuff um I only grew up in the mainland so my idea of traditional stuff might be a little different is it just like am I thinking correctly when I say you learn stuff like Al Crater Boys or like Peter Moon stuff like yeah. that yeah, I was like, yeah, and then also like these other like instrumentals, like stuff that like, um, either like you know like Jake Shimabukuro like stuff and just mm -hmm. like other. It was a lot of instrumentals, so I never really, uh, I never sang like from the beginning. It wasn't, oh, okay. it wasn't the singing part wasn't a part of it because actually I was really, um, I was really shy towards singing. Like I never wanted mm -hmm. to. I didn't want people to know that I could sing or something. I just never wanted to sing because I thought it was like kind of embarrassing or something. So. I never like brought up the fact or I never tried to sing and play at the same time. And it was just kind of like a separated thing. So that was more like what I was more interested in too. And then that's what I got into later. That's awesome. I know exactly what you mean. It's like, you know, I can do it, but I don't, I don't really want to. So actually the first time I saw you play was, I think it was the ukulele sites uh youtube channel and i thought dang she's really good she plays ukulele <laughs> and she's a great singer um and then a little while later i saw you 
and I think that was by the time you had added the bass and the drums on a keyboard while you were looping. Um, for people that don't know, looping is where you play a little piece, it's recorded, and it just gets played on a loop over and over so that you don't need a band. You can make it sound like you have a band. Um, so I thought that was really cool, like a whoa, like this artistic development that was kind of natural, but also uh, I do think it really accentuates and improves the whole experience, including your singing, which is really good. Uh, I was wondering, how did you make that change from just you started singing eventually and then you just made it so much more? Yeah. So actually, I was um, I started off looping more as like a practice thing, because back in um, earlier before I started looping, I was performing with um, Jody Kamisato and um Doka Hale, like there's like this group of like um we all just played you know different events for like uh things and then we'd have a lot of instrumentals so my dad bought me that looper to practice because I didn't have like um you know like a family member or friend to play with at the time so I would he bought me the looper so I could strum the background and then you know mm -hmm. puck over it to practice and then um then I actually started you know looping the chords like normal and then this is when I started doing covers and then started singing over it and then doing like fills or like extra chords on top of it. And then that was when I kind of started getting the thing down, like this looping thing could be more than a practice tool. And then that was kind of the beginning of it. And then I forget when, but I got like this, this keyboard to use. That was when I just started doing basic bass stuff. And then I kind of stuck with that for a couple of years. And then recently in like 2018, I got the one that has the whole drums and everything. And then that's when, I've been using that ever since. Oh, that's awesome. Sounds like a good a good development. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I think is really cool is seeing you play live and put these little pieces together, especially when you can see the pedal board. Um, and I like that you got a boomerang. Those are those yeah. are uh, highly recommended. <laughs> um, but I was wondering to go deeper into this looping thing. Um, when you're playing and you're singing, uh, you can see for those of you that haven't seen Carly, you need to watch her play. And I will put links in the description, um, but you'll be in the middle of a phrase singing it and your hands are going all over. It's not just on the ukulele. So you obviously mastered the playing ukulele and singing, but you've also mastered this like, I don't know, there's a there's a meme where some guy is like moving his hands all over the place <laughs> trying to control the spaceship. And that's what I think of like as you're trying to change the settings on the keyboard, the volume, whatever it is. And then you're actually playing bass lines and the drum as you're singing. How do you, um, how do you keep the words from getting messed up while you have to do all these different things, settings and laying down a new beat, whatever it is, how do you keep it straight? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Cause when I first learned a new song, you know, and then you got to like memorize the words, it's always kind of like the first like thing to tackle is memorizing words and chords and stuff. But yeah, memorizing the words sometimes it can be kind of hard when you're trying to concentrate on what you're supposed to be singing and then what you're supposed to be doing, you know, technically with your hands and stuff. And a lot of it comes down to, yeah, like just pretty much practicing to to master that. So it becomes kind of the words kind of become more of like a second thought thing where like you don't really have to think about it that much and it just flows mm -hmm. out. And another thing helps too that, you know, it is music. So it's just everything goes to like a beat. Everything goes to like a key or a melody you know so it's kind of just like once you start getting into it it kind of flows and then I always I do have like set instruments and set settings that I use for like pretty much every song mm -hmm. 
So then it's not a lot of stuff to remember on the for the hands part, even though it looks kind of like a lot, but I am using a lot of the same stuff. So it's easier to remember once you kind of get into that flow. And yeah, it's a lot of it's, yes, it's just practicing, but it's kind of just, you got to remember that it is music. So it's like a flowing thing. Okay. So a very easy, simple way to put it is just, just practice. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just by, no, um, no, but that's good to hear. I like that. So you, you're saying you have like presets to make it easier. Like, I don't know what an example is like, you want the bass to sound a certain way. So you're not actually tweaking like the actual yeah. uh, tone of the bass in the middle of a performance. You're just, yeah, I just go for it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Makes it a little simpler. Um, so do you have any advice or tips for anyone else who wants to get into looping like that? Yeah, I think a good way to just do it is, you know, like how, how I started and probably how a lot of people started is, you know, kind of using it as like more of like an accompaniment to yourself. I think that's like kind of more of like an easier, less intimidating way to approach it to like, you know, you don't have to always start off with the big whole music production with like drums and bass. Like it can just start off as like a, you know, like an accompaniment thing. And then after that, you can start building to do more once you're like more comfortable with it. Cause a lot of it, you know, it's like with the timing that you got to get down and stuff, but you know, mm-hmm. once you learn how to use your looper, whichever one that you, you would be using, and then you learn like, you know, like the flow of it, then I think then that's when you can start getting more and more elaborate with like your looping and stuff. Awesome. That's a good tip. Uh, I had a looper once and uh, I was kind of stuck at the point where you need to like line up the just stepping on the pedal quickly, you know, like right at the exact time at the exact right time so that the loop itself is not messed up. Um, yeah. So part of it was I had this big roadblock, but then also I, I was never really personally attracted to like the whole backing up myself. Um, it would have been good to have in, during the pandemic. Cause I, yeah. you know, before I was playing with a band more often. And then this year it's like just myself really. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. So moving on, I want to talk a little bit about your songwriting because you're actually a pretty prolific songwriter. You have three <laughs> albums and an EP. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your songwriting process. So kind of with like the songwriting process, how it starts, I kind of usually I'll do like the music first. I, I know it's not like the same for everybody, um, but I'll usually typically do like the music first and then after that I can you know like establish a key for the song and like a tempo and like a general like theme or feel for a song and then after that then I'll just start sometimes I almost pretty much like kind of freestyle over like the the chords and then just see kind of you know like what feels right and then just go with it and then yeah or sometimes it could just even be random as like I'll be doing something randomly in my day not nothing music related and then I hear some type of some someone on tv said something or like someone in the background said some phrase that i think was like oh like that sounds cool for like a song lyric so like anything and then you know i write it down on my phone notes so like anything can become part of the songwriting process and so i feel like the way that i approach it is kind of more of like a flexible i kind of try not to like think too hard or like overthink it and just kind of go over the music almost like you're trying to capture the inspiration when it hits yeah Nice. Yeah, I, I've always been really bad at that uh, as a songwriter. Just like I'll get this really cool idea and then I won't save it. I don't know why. I should know this by now, but I just don't. And then later it's like I don't have a song. I wanted to write one, but 
Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of tools for um, keeping that going. And then, you know, back to the looper, you can kind of just let it go and then yeah. you can kind of just mellow in the song for a while and then something might come to you. Um, well, that's awesome. It's really good advice. <laughs> so speaking of your songs, you had an album come out last year in 2020. I call it the year of many cancellations, but <laughs> luckily this album was not canceled. It's called Train of Thought. Um, so, of course, I would love to know what was your train of thought when you wrote it and uh, what the recording process was like during the pandemic. So I wrote it. Um, some of those songs I actually wrote, you know, immediately after I finished my first full length album to have fun. Um, album in like 2018 so I've been actually writing songs for that one for a while and you know not everything gets used and stuff and it's just kind of mm -hmm. what really fits at the time and then the recording process actually because I do record everything in my house in my in my bedroom so you know with like the pandemic stuff it wasn't that much of a um, impact for recording wise or like getting the album done since I do do it mm -hmm. um, pretty much yeah by myself and then my dad helps me out with some stuff but that's pretty much it's just in our tiny in our tiny little bedroom and then you know like the recording process is so funny because we always talk about it how like we'll be recording vocals or or some instrument and then a, a car comes by and then we have to stop so it's like it's really it's really yeah. like it's a very very hands-on very long process to get a song done because then it's like it starts getting hot and then we you know we got to stop because like a car walk came by or something but that's pretty much how we do it over there. We just mm -hmm. pretty much record in that tiny little bedroom and then, you know, just try to get it done measure by measure. <laughs> you do all the parts yourself or is it yeah. you bring in other people too? Yeah, I do. Awesome. Yeah, I started getting my hands on and like producing wise because I did my first EP with Imua Garza. I actually had had mm -hmm. it produced for me. But then my first album and then this this album, I did it. I started getting more involved in the producing side and then you know just starting to learn how to make music digitally and like translating what i do here to a computer uh-huh that's cool um when you were on the ukulele sites uh one of their episodes i don't remember if you were on there twice or once uh, but i remember you talking about how you actually would record songs completely on your iphone on GarageBand. Oh, yeah. you still do that yeah, sometimes, sometimes I'll just do that because they add, you know, like a bunch of instruments to it. And I'll actually just make music on my phone. And then, um, you know, if I like it enough, then I'll try to, you know, use my the music from the phone and then like translate it to like the instruments that I have on my computer. And then so I feel like that's a good tool, too, for like songwriting or music composition is mm -hmm. like just use what you have. And then so, yeah, I just had GarageBand and just do it on my free time. That's awesome. Use what you have. That's perfect mm -hmm. advice. It'll get you far. Um, so the last time I checked, your top song, at least on iTunes, is called 95. And I live on the highway I-95. So actually, I wanted to know, is this song about I-95 or what is it about? It's kind of just about the like the general theme. I wrote it when I was um, my senior year of high school because I just graduated. So I wrote that, you know, uh, year ago and basically it was about the general theme you know it was about traveling you know being on the you know like on the road or like the the airplane or something you know just like seeing the world basically and it's kind of just like that overall theme of traveling and stuff so that's why i included you know like on the 95 but 
Um, yeah, so I think it's kind of like actually a pretty cool song when you think about it in like a way where I wrote it before, you know, the whole pandemic hit. And like I, I had like these like me and my friends are always talking about, you know, going to like other island for like, you know, like a summer trip or something. But then, you know, like all of those stuff uh-huh. kind of got put on hold. So it's kind of like a, a, a time capsule of like a time when, you know, we all thought that like to go this our class of 2020 was like you know like our summer of uh-huh. stuff it's just like kind of like the, those memories of you know before all this stuff happened but uh-huh oh that's awesome yeah it's a good song um <laughs> i like the live version too so um i will definitely put that in the link of the show notes so that if you're listening to this podcast and you want to take a break and listen to some carly's music you can do that <laughs> just, just click on it um so you do perform acoustically just yourself and an ukulele and you also perform uh with all this gear uh what do you prefer and how do you approach like preparing for those situations yeah uh, mainly these days i'll i will perform with the whole uh keyboard and looping stuff so that's typically what i do i'll rarely do anymore like just me and the ukulele singing acoustically but um, I guess it kind of depends on like either like the venue, the kind of like the setting or like what the people are really asking for. But when it comes to which one I prefer, I think, I don't know, it really depends. I kind of, I really like both because I really like the simplicity of just being able to sing with my instrument because I do miss doing that sometimes because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it gets a little, you know, you have to think so much when you're doing all like this looping stuff. So it does feel really reminiscent really cool just to sing and play so sometimes i'll really enjoy doing that and then other times you know i do like the um the full feeling that you get when you have all like these instrumentations going on so i don't know i really like both but that's just me so i don't know okay so it's a tie we'll say yeah it's a tie (laughs) i i totally get it it's like um even just if you're going to play at a gig it's like how much stuff do i want to bring yeah (sighs) there was a point where my my uh i had a pedal board and it was like it was just so monstrous and i was like this is really cool but uh, i can't do it i don't like it anymore um and i had to play once at a gig where they didn't even have a sound system and then it's like i had to bring a sound system and all this stuff and it's like yeah this all this setup for an hour or two hours of whatever the gig length is um it's tiring but yeah I i know what you mean the simplicity versus like all the cool things you can do with all the gear yeah um so uh, speaking of your performances, uh, you've done a lot of really awesome covers uh, on YouTube. And I was wondering, how do you decide what song to cover beyond just, you know, I like the song? Um, and then how do you decide to how you will arrange it? So when I kind of figure out like, oh, like this could be a, a good cover song, it's basically what makes it a good cover song would be like the kind of when it comes down to like the music structure of the song and also of course if it's you know like a singing song that's in my range because you know like a lot of popular stuff out there these days is you know a lot of rap and i'm like i'm not a rapper so like i'll pick pick um pretty songs that would fit my style my like range of singing and then to once i get past okay i know like i could do this song then i'll try to figure out um usually i'll start with like the ukulele first when i loop and then I'll loop like basic chords and stuff and then kind of get down like a bass line. Then I'll do the drums and then kind of just playing around with the instrumentation to see what kind of style works and then like what doesn't. And then kind of just also too like you got to think about is it doable live? Like is it going to take too long or like 
I'll take four minutes to loop it and then start singing. So then it's kind of just like playing a lot, playing around with it to see like if it's practical, but also if it's like pretty interesting and entertaining at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't want to spend four minutes just to. Yeah, because that, does, that does happen sometimes. I'll spend like I'll spend so long trying to figure out how to loop it, and then I'm like realizing I'll like step back and think like, could I really do this like live? Uh-huh. So. Hmm. What would you say is like the longest time you're willing to uh, spend setting up a loop? I'd say maybe a minute thirty around there. Cause then I don't want okay. the song to get like to like six minutes or something. But. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> six minute song. That's like, um, that's a ballad. That's an epic, epic yeah. song. <laughs> um, I, I've had people tell me like, if your chorus is not within the thir- first 30 seconds, then it's a bad song. And I'm like, that's kind of, that's kind of way too restrictive. It's like, cause a lot of the songs I like, they'll take a minute yeah. or a minute 30 to get really exciting. And it's like, yeah. you know, or something like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is a good example of like it's oh, nice, yeah. long, and slow, and then at the end it's like you just want to yeah. <laughs> just want to dance like crazy. Um, but that's cool. Would you ever cover Bohemian Rhapsody? I don't know. I actually I do. Jake really, did it, I really, really do love singing that song. I've been singing that song since I was like, I don't know, since I was like ten, maybe. I just like love singing the song. So mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I'll ever cover it, but I do like just you know playing on the piano or like the ukulele, just singing it uh-huh. simply but yeah i do love I singing that song it. it might work um it might work <laughs> you could try doing backing tracks i don't know if that would ever work instead of building a loop just like yeah. as long as your tempo is right at a certain point you just hit yeah. play and then the band comes in i don't know um maybe <laughs> uh, okay so you're at this point where you're playing ukulele and you're starting to sing more and you're starting to write your own songs. When did you start to really notice that they were like gaining traction and people were really starting to uh, pick up on it? I think kind of when um, around when I was 14, 13, it's like when I started decided to like, maybe I should, you know, record these songs down and like kind of get serious with like the whole music thingy. And then, you know, I, I did like the first EP and then that was kind of just um, me and my dad were talking about it and he didn't really know like what was next. Like if that was just a one time music thing and then we didn't know if this was really going to become a big like a, a continuing thing producing music. But and then my first album, The Have Fun, that was kind of when uh, when I knew like this is going to be part of my life. And then I was also when um that was after like the whole with um when i did the olakaina cd with them and i wrote a song for them and then that one got on the radio and that was my first song ever on the radio so that was kind of like the nail in the coffin of like all right this is kind of what i want to do because that feeling Uh of hearing myself on the car speaker radio was just like something Uh unimaginable because I never thought that could ever happen but that was kind of like um that was like the thing that i knew i was like for sure that i really want to do this and I think this is starting to actually go somewhere and uh yeah and then you know I just kept on writing songs after that and then you know 95 came out and then that one got on radio too and then yeah so it's just kind of it kind of was like a slap in the face like yeah this is like really what I want to do because I like I love it and seeing other people you know like leave comments on YouTube or like you know other people just telling me things about how my music and like music in general helps them out with like, you know, general stuff in life. And it's just kind of 
yeah, like it's like the thought that this is actually going somewhere and like this is kind of what I want to do. That's awesome. And so you just you've kept writing ever since. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, um, I did want to talk to you about the Ukulele Festival Hawaii. Um, so you've been invited this year as a star performer, um, as a featured artist. Have you ever actually played at the Ukulele Festival before? Yeah, I've played at it on um, part of our Sukumas, you know, like the orchestra, and I've done part of it with two. I've been in two groups, I think. I've been in it twice. And, you know, it's. Yeah, I've played in it with the orchestra and, you know, like a bunch of other kids and stuff. And it's really cool because you get like this like hands-on experience at a very young age to like performing. So, yeah. Uh That's awesome. So you were in the the Young Keiki group. Yeah. And you leveled up. So now you're one of the the main performers. That's pretty awesome. What does that feel like? I don't know. It's just because, you know, I think about it back when I was little, a lot of these things, like I never really expected the ukulele like this little hobby thing to get so elaborate to get so far into uh-huh. it so like yeah now i'm thinking about it thinking back i don't think as a kid i don't think i've ever really thought about on oh, one day i'm gonna i'm gonna be over there because that i don't know that was never really like a big goal like i just did it because i like enjoyed it so yeah now i'm thinking about it. it is really cool awesome is there anything that uh, you're really looking forward to for this year's festival yeah, I'm just looking forward to like just hearing everyone, seeing everyone and just kind of being in like this, um, you know, like this ukulele music community that we have here. And it's just, you know, being able to be involved in it. It's just something special. I feel like it's a very special part of the music community. So I'm really glad that there are like these festivals that we get to um, we get to celebrate around the world, like no matter what. And then it's just I don't know. I just feel like it's a really cool event and I'm looking forward to it a lot. That's awesome. Well, I definitely think you deserve a spot. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Thank you. So Carly, um, thank you so much again for talking to me. Uh, it's yeah, been really you. good hearing your story. I wish I could talk to you for so much more about everything that you're doing. Um, do you have anything you're working on this year that you want people to know about? Yeah, I'm actually starting. I don't know when I'm going to plan it because I recently got a puppy and, you know, she's really loud. So I don't know if recording is going to be that easy. So um, I don't know when, but I know for sure this year I am going to plan on doing another, just another four song EP, something like that. Something more um, island style, you know, like more in the line of like 95 or something. But yeah, that's something that I've been thinking about doing. So definitely I think this year another EP will come out. Awesome. Can't wait to hear it. (laughs) thank you well thanks again carly for talking with me yeah thank you well that's it for this episode huge mahalo to my guest and to craig and sarah for making this happen if you want to learn or hear more check out the links in the show notes my name is abe thank you for spending some time with me I hope you have a wonderful day, and until next time, keep on strumming.